details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Hey, I'm getting treatment. Just too stubborn to know when to quit. And this guy just happens to be one of them. Yeah. He's been beaten down repeatedly by God's practical jokes. He's been banished to the deepest, darkest corners of the internet. From somewhere in desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in exile. All right. And it's about that time. Welcome in. Another edition of Michael Groff in Exile is underway. It is Wednesday, February 24th, 2010. This is a random observation, but I have to tell you, when I hear people say 010, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's the same as it was here at uh, 010, as it was in 09. 010. That just sounds stupid. Just say 2010 or 2010. It, it's not that much harder. And then while we're on this subject, it's pronounced Nevada, not Nevada. Thank you. Show over. That was the podcast. That'd be great if I just did a podcast. That'd be great. That'd be great. It's huge. It's having, I'm having a great day. The pimp of the box. That'd be great. It's epic. I have the wrong theme if I'm doing the Jim Rome show. That is great. I don't have a full erection, but I do have a plump on. That is great. Tremendous Wednesday to you. It's great. Here's an email. Dear Rome, noticed I have the email right here. I'm crinkling the paper. Dear Rome, that is the worst impression I've ever heard. Sincerely, your Vic the Brick Jacobs impression. That is epic. An impression of mine is sending another impression on email. That is huge. That's phenomenal. Vic the Brick Jacobs, failing you. All right, anyway, uh, what? Where? where is this show? All right. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're here. It's uh, Wednesday, uh, 
February 24th, 2010. Michael Graff in the chair. And um, a lot of stuff to get into. Man, I am just overloaded. We are just loaded down with uh, crap to get into, including... Uh, well, after the show, after I uh, did last Friday's podcast, there was more stuff on the Tiger Woods front. I know, I wish we could just stop talking about it also, but it's just so damn relevant. And God forbid we actually talk about something relevant on this show. So we've got, uh, there's a little bit, uh, there's, there's some interesting stuff uh, that I want to get to, some observations about that. Um, somebody apparently uh, confusing this show with uh, Handle on the Law. Apparently, somebody thinks that I'm, I'm Bill Handle or some uh, some guy to give legal advice because a listener sought my legal advice, so I'm going to provide it at no extra charge to you, the home listener. And you should be thankful for that. I should point out, uh, it is... Uh, I am not an attorney. I don't really look like an attorney... I, I could sound kind of like one. I would just have to be a little bit more Weasley. No, I am not an attorney, uh, so this advice is not something that you should go into court with and say, you know, Your Honor, Michael Groff on his podcast uh, said that this was good advice. Uh, but if you do, if you if you are so inclined to do that, make sure that there are cameras rolling, and be sure to do that with a tinfoil hat on, please. Because if you wear a tinfoil hat, it's incredible. It's great. No, it, it would actually make for a much, much better, um, much better appearance if you did that. <clears throat> so please, uh, by all means, uh, do show up wearing a tinfoil hat. It'd be huge. It'd be great. All right. Anyway, uh, so we do have a uh, we do have something of a busy show here. I, I, there's Tiger Woods stuff I want to talk about. There's um, a, it's a little legal advice, and that ties into a story I have on banks. We have a we're going to talk a little bit about banks. Tomorrow's the big day. Uh, tomorrow is the this sort of summit between Obama and the Democrats and the Republicans. They're going to sit down. They're going to have a serious talk about health care. And uh, this is uh, said to be a watershed moment for both sides because the, the Republicans are going to need somebody to go up there and, uh, and sort of hammer out the details of what they want for this health care bill. Obama has, offered, uh, has authored his own health care bill. And this is uh, something of a landmark moment. So this is going to be another big moment. And of course, it's going to be a, side, uh, a time for both sides uh, to really showcase their showmanship, their gamesmanship. And it's going to be another incident where it's just more finger pointing and uh, no bipartisanship, which is exactly what Bi uh, Barack Obama promised. He promised uh, bipartisanship. Uh, they're uh, actually considering, since they're not going to be able to get this health care bill passed the normal way, they are considering the nuclear option. Now, we've talked about one of the nuclear options, the ultimate nuclear option, which was Obama considering uh, sort of pushing this through by executive order. But that's probably not going to happen. That would be very difficult to do. However, uh, Obama does want to get this pushed through. So they're, gonna, they're thinking about attaching the health care bill to a budget bill. Ah, in typical sneaky politician way, when you can't get something pushed through, just attach it to another piece of legislation. Just attach it to a budget bill, which only requires a simple majority rather than a 60-vote majority to get it passed. Now, you see, that is the ultimate in Weasleyness. That is the ultimate. And um, it really, if you think about it, when you attach 
one bill to another. That's sort of pork, especially in the case of the health care bill. So Democrats would go down as having accomplished one thing. It would be the most important thing that they have accomplished in their time so far in control of the House and Senate. It would be the single largest bit of pork barrel spending in the history of the United States. And that is something to be proud of. Democrats, you have, you've won. I thought nobody could outspend the Republicans, but guess what? You have officially surpassed, well, you actually already did that in real dollars, but if you manage to get this done, if you manage to attach this health care bill to the budget, you will have done something that no one in 200, let's see, what is it now, 220, 224 years almost, 224 years of, uh, I'm sorry, 234 years of uh, the United States, no one has ever been able to spend this much money at one time, but you could go down in the annals of history. Congratulations. Little, uh, little Tiger Woods golf clap for, for, the, um, for the Democrats. Uh, way to go. Somebody who could outspend the Republicans, and I didn't think that that was possible, but you guys, you managed to do it. Congratulations. All right, so uh, we have to talk a little bit about that, I guess. I think I just did. Because tomorrow, you know it's just going to be showmanship, gamesmanship on both sides. There's really not going to be anything done. What will happen is uh, the uh, Obama and the Democrats and the, all these folks, the, the talking heads on the left, will accuse the Republicans of being the party of no. And that's, well, that's what typically happens. Even though they had a 60-vote majority, they could have pushed anything through, and the Republicans couldn't have done anything to stop them. They continue to blame the Republicans for what's going on right now. The bad economy, they're blaming Republicans. They're blaming the Bush administration. Uh, they're blaming the current uh, Republicans. Uh, they're blaming John Boehner. Apparently, John Boehner is like the worst guy in the history of mankind, according to the Democrats. Meanwhile, they are the minority party. Thank you. Drive through. I I've never seen a majority that is so incompetent. That they can't get anything done. They are blaming the minority party for their woes. Usually, it's the other way around. Again, this, these are things the Democrats should actually be quite proud of. They are doing something that no party in the, no one in the history of the United States, 234 years, no one has managed to accomplish. You guys are, you guys are on fire. All right, so we have that. We have to, we, we're going to deal with a little bit of that. We got to talk about that. Oh, and uh, speaking of the Tiger Woods thing, I have to play you some, some, uh, uh, just, what I consider to be amazing audio. This is, I can't even believe this actually happened, but uh, this is, this is fantastic, phenomenal audio. Phenomenal. No, it really is. Um, Gloria Allred, who is the, uh, she is the attorney for one of these, uh, one of these sluts that uh, slept with Tiger. I'm one of these uh, upstanding, respectable women that had no idea that Tiger Woods was married. And then uh, that, you know, one of these sexual conquests of Tiger Woods. Uh, she threw her own little press conference after the Tiger Woods press conference last Friday to say that her client wants a direct apology from Tiger Woods. She wants a direct apology uh, for for holding a three year romance, as Gloria Allred calls it, a romantic relationship. And then she even quotes some of the text messages that Tiger Woods sent. Listen, uh, so we have a little bit of a reality check for Gloria Allred and any one of the, whatever it is, 20 sluts, and I'm going to just call them sluts because, I don't know, am I, am I overstepping my boundaries if I say that a woman 
that sleeps with a guy knowing that he's married and then turns around and like cries about it and and gets an attorney. Can I call that person a slut officially? The only person I can turn to in this in this hour of need, uh, the highest available authority is Jeff. Jeff, what do you think? Yes, you can. Okay, thank you. Well, Jeff says I can call them sluts, so uh, that's the highest available authority I could turn to at this moment. What? Or a whore. Or a whore. Now, now, whore, now there's a legal definition. I'm not going to go as far as to call them whores. Or a trick. Jeff, Jeff says I can call them a trick. So I can, I can call them a trick. I can call them a slut. Slut, we're just going to stick with slut. I think that's official. For now. We, we are calling them sluts with the, um, with the possible intent to upgrade to trick. And maybe at the, uh, if we go uh, far enough, we could say whore. But I don't know. Anyway, so one of these uh, sluts uh, hired the attorney, Gloria Allred, who is, uh, as you know, um, a, one of the more evil attorneys um, out there. And I know I'm probably going to get sued because I called her evil. She'll sue you for anything. She really will. If she got a hold of this podcast and heard that I called her evil, that's not an opinion. Uh, to her, that is slander. You can't call me evil. Even though I look, even though I look like Medusa, you can't call me evil. You know. Anyway, so this is uh, this is this Gloria Allred. Now, you've got to hear these comments. I'm gonna I'm I'm lifting some material from uh, from Fox News here from Sean Hannity's uh, interview with Gloria Allred. And a little bit from the press conference, so we're going to do a little bit of that later. Um, Gloria Allred, oof. Uh, if there's, if if I ever sort of feel like you know, because it's been a while since I've had sex, uh, it's you know, I don't know, July, so it's been a while. So um, the point is that since it has been a while, you know, every once in a while you start to feel like maybe you know you're missing sex and. You know, you want to make sure that your genitals are still there. So maybe you think about touching them, maybe even at an inappropriate time. Well, all I have to do is put on this Gloria Allred and that's gone. My plump on is gone. It's out. It's out. <laughs> it really is. It's it's uh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. So anyway, uh, we'll, we'll play you a little bit of this and. And I got to add this. Uh, did you I don't know if you saw this, but there was um there were these women at a golf some go, some school, some college on a golf team in California. And for whatever reason, I was listening to I, I was listening to KFYI news and they played some audio of this of this um uh school, this golf team in California. And apparently these women looked up to Tiger Woods for whatever reason, but now their image of him is totally crushed. And these women are crying over this. They're crying. They're actually breaking down. Now, if you want any more examples that women are totally illogical and devoid of, of any kind of, of rationalization, you need not look any further than, yes, I went there. You need not look any further than that right there. I think the only reason they were crying was, not because uh, their hero had fallen and not because they were disappointed. And I mean, like three of them were crying while they were saying, I just can't believe, I can't believe that Tiger Woods would do this. I mean, what a great guy. You didn't even know him. But I saw him golf and he was so good. And I thought that if he's a good golfer, that means he's a, he's a good human being. <laughs> I think the only reason they're crying is because, you know, they didn't get to see Tiger's three wood. Quite frankly, 
I'm pretty sure they were crying because they didn't get a little slice of the billion dollars that Tiger Woods is worth. Now, that's just a guess on my part, but I'm just, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make that big leap right there. He was our hero, man. If you look up to Tiger Woods as your hero, then you are officially, if you look up, if you put anybody on a pedestal, we talked about this last Friday. This is a lesson that you need to learn in life. I'm going to say it again at the risk of repeating myself. Uh, see uh, Friday, uh, February 19th podcast for more information. However, uh, repeat right now. If you put somebody on a pedestal, you will, odds are you're going to be disappointed. I'm going to go with 95% of the time when you elevate somebody, you artificially inflate somebody. You put them on a pedestal. You hold them in a very high regard without really giving any consideration to the type of character that they really are, without knowing them personally, or even if you do get to know them, you put them on a pedestal, you will be let down. And I'm going to, uh, you know what, 99% of the time, you're going to be let down. You're going to be disappointed by that person. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a hero. There's nothing wrong with having somebody to look up to. I think we all have somebody that we look up to. Um, I, you know what, I, um, I have to admit, I, uh, I look up to, uh, well, I look up to me. Uh, that's the only person I look up to because you know what? So far I've only let myself down 736 times, which is far fewer than anybody else in history. So, uh, well actually, yeah. I mean the, the dog that owns the house on the corner, I admire that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm actually not making that up. There's. This is this is how this is why America might be hated by other countries. We actually in the neighborhood I live here in Phoenix, the dog, there is a dog that owns a house in this neighborhood. That is not shtick. I'm not making that up. A dog owns a house in this neighborhood. Over on the corner, the dog owns the house. What happened was the people that owned the house, they died and they left the house to the dogs. Thereby, the dog owns the house. Now, the dog owns the house, and I do not own a house. How is that? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I did sort of own a house for a while, but, you know, that was... Anyway, but uh, the point is, is that there was a dog that, that owns a house. I, I pass by, uh, you know, hundreds of people in downtown Phoenix that don't even own a cardboard box, and a dog owns a house. Life is fair, I think. All right, anyway, um, so we have... Um, so I have to, yeah, the Tiger Woods stuff. I can't believe these, these girls, they were crying. They were that upset. I have, maybe I can find the audio. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll try and find that audio too, because that is just, that is sensational audio. All right. So we have that. We have the Michael Groff Show stupid news file. We have to get to that. And you know how on the Michael Groff Show stupid news file, one of the things I frequently like to highlight are 911 calls. And every once in a while, we even play 911 calls. Like my all time favorite is the woman that tries to order a burger, uh, you know, in uh, in Southern California, and and she gets in a fight with the uh, with the nine one one. It wasn't even a nine one one call, actually. It was just a call to a police uh, precinct, so it wasn't even nine one one. But uh, I, I like to play stuff like that. Well, apparently, uh, some people are saying that now nine one one calls should not be made public because it shows people at their weakest moments and at their most vulnerable times, typically, and that those should not be a matter of public record. So we have to talk about that uh, coming up on the program. 
That's just some of what I've laid out here. See, I have spent uh, the better part of 20 minutes teasing uh, the, the later segments of the podcast. Who says I'm, I'm some amateur in radio? Whoever says that, well, well, poop on them, really. Also, we have a public schools update. We have to get to that. Um, this, is, uh, this is another great story. Usually, if it's a public schools update, it usually involves a teacher doing something bad. So in this case, I'll, I'll even I'll give you a tease. Is it a teacher that A, has sex with a student, B, gets drunk on campus, C, sells drugs to students, D, all of the above. Now, before you, or, or E, a very bizarre twist on one of the options I have given above. Then we have, uh, oh, we have, um, we have a very elaborate scheme. You know, the cost of fuel has gotten, uh, well, it, it's quite high right now. Not as high as it has been, but it is still pretty high. So people uh, are, are resorting to all sorts of interesting measures to get gas, including stealing gas. And right here from our own backyard of Phoenix, Arizona, we bring to you the dumbasses of the week. We also have the tool of the week. We have, and they are two different things. We have, we have, well, actually, I, I want to say the tool of the week is, is really, you know, maybe we just have to make it a double dumbass award. This guy isn't even a tool. This guy is just stupid. He's stupid, but he's remarkably stupid. All right, we also have to talk about uh, a couple other things in sports. Uh, some uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, some of you, the more casual sports fans, you probably are like, wait a minute, Oklahoma City? The, those people have a, a basketball team? I mean, what did they did they buy it with cow chips? Uh, did they did they wrangle it up uh, at a rodeo? What did they do? How did they get? It? I know, I know. What is the what is this? What is the uh, what are the commercials for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Oklahoma, it's okay. <laughs> is it something like that? No, no, no. They do have a team. It's the former Seattle Sonics. Now they're in Oklahoma City. They've been there for like three years. I know, I know. How do they pay for the? For for a ticket, do they sell their teeth, their gold teeth? Their, you know, do they do they pay in uh, do they pay in cow patties? I know. <laughs> Is the arena made out of bales of hay? No, I, I anyway. Kevin Durant, he plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He is on a tremendous streak right now. He has scored twenty five points or more in twenty nine consecutive games, which is a Quite a feat. It has not been done in a long time. In the last, uh, the 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 longest streak. Well, Allen Iverson uh, is the last person to do such a feat, and the longest such streak in NBA history. Michael Jordan scored twenty five points in forty straight games. So Kevin Durant is uh, he's on fire right about now. He scored thirty six points last night in a loss to the Phoenix Suns. Wow. And the Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder, they, um, Phoenix passed them last night for fifth in the Western Conference. I mean, they, they're probably going to be a playoff team. They're playing San Antonio tonight, and, uh, and the Spurs are behind them. 
which I think is awesome. I, I wish somehow the Spurs could fall out of contention, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I wish to God the San Antonio Spurs would not make the NBA playoffs. But anyway, we have bigger sports news than that. Uh, talk of HGH, human growth hormone testing in the minor leagues in Major League Baseball. Are, are you kidding? MLB, considering for its minor league teams, um, HGH tests. And I'm going to go even further. Here's something. This will really drop your jaw. The NFL is considering HGH tests. Well, if they do that, that's the end of the NFL. Yeah, it's pretty hard for most normal human beings to get to be 370 pounds uh, and, and like have 1.7% body fat. Pretty much impossible. But not if you inject yourself with hormones every five seconds. Obviously, the players union, this is going to come as no surprise. The players union is dead set against HGH testing. <laughs> I wonder why. Why would you be against HGH testing if it's not happening in the league? I always laugh when people get busted for steroids. That's Sean Merriman from the uh, San Diego Chargers. Remember when he got busted? He gets busted and suspended four games for using steroids. And what's weird is people just sort of, when it, when it happens in the NFL, people go, oh, all right. In baseball, people get outraged, like me, for example. But when it happens in football, generally speaking, people go, eh, that's nice. They don't care. And the reason they don't care is because they expect people in the NFL to, they, they wonder why uh, more people aren't tested positive for steroids. Probably because the NFL doesn't really care. They have to test somebody here and there just to make it look like it's on the up and up. But I think most of us know, and if you talk to former players, a lot of guys at least tried steroids throughout their collegiate or NFL career. Now, many of them, if they're smart, if they have even half a brain, uh, they move on to HGH because nobody tests for it. It's very hard to test for. But now in uh, the minors and uh, perhaps in the NFL, they have not ruled out the possibility of wanting to test for it. I would love to see that. Can you imagine I come on here and I go, all right, well, the results are in. Here's the, the envelope, please. 97% of the NFL tested positive for HGH. The other 3% were on crack. So uh, that's, now that would be, that would be the, uh, the shocking announcement. And then I'd say, wow, only 97%. Yeah, not too surprising. I don't think anybody on the St. Louis Rams does HGH. They're like, we're doing it by the book. We're playing fair. Yeah, you won one game last year. Yeah, but it was legit. Good. Speaking of uh, complete ineptitude, the New Jersey Nets, we have to mention this. The New Jersey Nets are, are starting to worry me. Now, I have been a big Nets fan this entire season. I... Uh, I uh, right now I, I I don't know what happened to it, but I I, I do have a, around here somewhere I have a Nets jersey. I uh, I do have my Nets pullover, my Nets hat, my Nets condoms. I have uh, a Nets thong that uh, that Jeff's borrowing right now. I have I have uh, yeah, well listen yeah, and and it's there's a lot of and I, I'm gonna post a lot of this stuff online. Probably it'll have to go on a porn site some of it. So if you've always wondered what I'd look like in a Nets Speedo, 
Listen, I've become the biggest Nets fan ever. The New Jersey Nets right now are 5-51. and 51. That's why I'm a fan. You see, here on this program, anytime any feat of, of simply uh, outrageous proportions is being established, when somebody is pulling off something that is so magnificent, we have to give it its proper due. And in this case, uh, it would be the New Jersey Nets being 5-51. and 51. Now, they're 56 games into the season. That means they've won five games. I'm nervous because they might not break the all-time record for the worst team in NBA history. And that, of course, being the 1972-1973 Philadelphia 76ers, who went 9-73. and Nine wins out of 82 games. Something I thought in my lifetime I would never get to witness. But here we are. We're on the doorstep. We are. We're, it's Mr. Opportunity. He is knocking, kids. He's right there, and all the Nets have to do is just somehow continue to not try, continue to lower the bar. Every night, they just have to go out there and not try and mail it in and suck it up. And I mean suck. For just 26 more games, if they can just manage to get only three wins or fewer in the next 26 games, and they can do it. I'm rooting for them or against them or for whatever. I don't want to hear this talk about a concerted effort. I don't want to hear this about moral victories. I don't want to hear talk of trying and guys actually showing up to practice. This is not going to get the record, guys. Five and 51. I mean, it is, you are 26 games. You are just Three and 23 away from destiny. Think about it. Does anybody remember the team that's in second place for that record in the NBA for the worst for the worst record? Does anybody know? I can tell you, I think it's the Denver Nuggets. And I know the Dallas Mavericks, they only won 11 games one season. But see, everybody knows, or at least most people that want to know, it's very easy to find out. The Sixers hold the record for just nine wins in an NBA season. You could be like the Detroit Lions of the NBA. You could establish a new record for ineptitude, and it probably will never be a come. You know, everybody remembers how great the Bulls were when they won 72 games in one season. They went 72 and 10. Everybody remembers that. Nobody remembers who has second place for that, Mark. The second most wins in an NBA season. Nobody remembers. Yeah, maybe somebody will go, oh, yeah, it's the Lakers. But everybody knows the Bulls did that. Think about it. The only team to go 0-16 in an NFL season, the Detroit Lions, they did it. Nobody knows who, you know, nobody remembers a team that just goes 1-15 because there's been a ton of those. Cowboys, the Jets. I'm pretty sure the, I think the Bucks did it. I don't know. See, that's my point. But everybody, the Detroit Lions, 0-16. You guys could carve out a, a space in history for yourselves. All you have to do is just suck a little bit harder. Right through a garden hose, guys. I mean, right through it. All right, so that's my pep talk for the New Jersey Nets. Tonight, guys. We're really going to get blown out.
Just remember, if you've got a wide open three, make the extra pass. You know? You got a clear path to the basket. You know what you do? Take off from the free throw line. If you're six foot one, who cares? Take off from the free throw line and remember, throw it out of bounds. <laughs> pass to the guy behind you. Don't jump during the opening tip. You might strain your neck. You might twist an ankle coming down. It happened. Danny Manning did it. You don't want to be like Danny Manning. And, and you especially don't want to be like him. He had heart. That guy had like two or three or 118 knee surgeries, and he still kept playing. You don't do that. If you have a headache, you tell the coach, Coach, I have a headache. So I can't go in the gate, Coach. I know you need, I just can't, I can't go tonight, coach. But we only have seven guys. Yeah, I, I coach, I, I know. I know this, this sort of a thing. I've got a bunion. I've got, got, a bunion. I've, got I've got, I've got corns. Uh, my man, my dogs are barking today, coach. <laughs> so I, I really need the Nets just to, uh, just to keep sucking it up. You know, if you're in Vegas right now, I don't know what the, what the wind total, the over under for the wind total on the New Jersey Nets this season was in Vegas. I'm going to guess it was probably like 21 games. Oh, you're golden. If you've got that, if you've got that, just go out, just start spending the money right now. Like you already want it. No way. This team is going to win 16 games in their next 26. 500. This team couldn't play 500 in, in two games. They couldn't go one and one. They've only done that five times this season. Well, they've won a game. All right. Anyway, that's uh, that's my wrap on the Nets. Anyway. All right. So, uh, the <laughs> Coach, co I can't go in tonight. Why? Because, quite frankly, we suck. Well, yeah, yeah. We, I, You know what? That's a good point. Uh, why don't we just bring some fans in? You know, I mean, we. They, you know what the Nets really should do? The Nets... Should, should they should do remember the St. Paul Saints of the minor league baseball, the independent league, they did this a few years ago. They auctioned uh, you could be you could have a professional, a a real at bat. I mean, mind you, it's minor league baseball, but they offered it up on I think on eBay to have a real at bat in a regular season game for the St. Paul Saints. You know, you'd face like one of their real regular starting pitchers. You'd get to have at least at least one. They promised at least one at bat to some dude. And uh, some guy bid on it. Some guy won and he got a real at bat. I don't even know how he did. I I'm guessing if he did make contact with the ball and it didn't go foul, it was like a 46 hopper to the to the shortstop. You know, one of those balls that took about half an hour to get there. Yeah, he hit one of those screaming line drives all the way back to the pitcher's mound. You know, I'm guessing that's probably what I was probably like some fat guy, some like 52 year old. He's like, I won. He got up there. He probably swung like about a half an hour late at a, you know, it's minor league. So like at, a, at an 82 mile an hour fastball guy probably swung about half an hour late. Not only was that strike one, it was also strike two. Why? You took so long to swing the bat. The ball actually came by twice. They should do that. They should offer a, a an opportunity to to. I don't, I'm not saying start. I mean that'd be a little bit too much. But at least to get the opportunity to come off of, off the bench 
in an NBA game. You could sell that. And I think the the response from the fan would really be tremendous. Well, I mean, how many people are... <laughs> you know, they're going to move the team. They're going to move the Nets in a few years. They're moving them to Brooklyn, I think. And uh, they're going to have like a new arena and everything. I, I If I understand that correctly... They're going to have a new arena for the, for the Nets. I, I mean, what is it going to be? It's going to be like, a, I hear it's going to have at least like 50 seats for the fans. Um, <laughs> so there, there you go. That's the Nets. I, I'm, I'm coming up with all sorts of great marketing ideas for, for, the, for the New Jersey Nets. Ironic that they call themselves the Nets and they hardly ever get a ball through the net. More like the New Jersey bricks, the New Jersey backboard, the New Jersey air ball. Terrible shot. The New Jersey five and 51s. Wow. You guys are terrible. All right. So uh, we've, we've, uh, I think we've covered that. All right. Coming up, uh, this uh, audio from Gloria Allred. I, I have to get to this. I know it's Tiger Woods stuff, and I'm sure many of you are tired of hearing about it. But it's just, it's, uh, it's a salacious topic, and it's one that a lot of people still want to hear about. For, for whatever reason, people are still fascinated by this. The fact that so many people really thought that he owed anybody besides his wife an apology, that was the most amazing part. That and the fact that Tiger said that he's, uh, he's a Buddhist. In my hour of need, I'm turning to my religion. I'm turning to Buddha. Sure you are. You know, sure. Oh, I, I, yes, I use the power of... Listen... You wanted you wanted some strange, okay? You you wanted to get laid. I mean, I, I still don't get why the guy didn't just come out and say that. I wanted to get laid, except that's not that's not the thing. That's not just what he wanted. He did. He wanted relationships with these chicks. Like getting laid wasn't enough for him. He didn't know how to just get laid. He wanted to have relationships with these chicks, but he didn't. Yeah, he yeah. He didn't want to be a whore. He didn't want to be a, a man slut. So he went out and he got into the relationships with these chicks. That was his real big mistake there. Yeah, if you're already married, the, the whole point of going out and, and having extramarital affairs is to just have the affair, not the relationship that goes along with it. If you want the relationship, have it with your wife or get divorced or have one other relationship. <laughs> Not 17. You're doing it wrong, Tiger. But see this again, if, if we can talk about it seriously for just a second, you know, this is again, you know, his mom was at that press conference and his mom is half of the reason that he's in the mess that he's in right now. His mom had like this scowl on her face and everything. But if I, if I were Tiger Woods, I would have looked at, at her and I would have said, and you know, uh, well, I am, you know, responsible for all this. And not that I owe you people anything. The one person I would like to take this opportunity to yell at is my mom uh, for having me play stupid golf instead of having me grow up and have a normal childhood development instead where I could socialize and interact with other kids and learn what it is to build a social life. No, I was out there golfing. Now, mind you, I'm worth a billion dollars and I could buy and sell every one of you in this room and any one of you that are watching right now, except for maybe Bill Gates. Okay, so I could buy and sell everybody. Great. I don't know how to have a relationship and it's totally effed up my marriage. Thanks. Thanks a lot, mom. And thanks a lot, dad. May you rest in peace in hell. 
if he were, if he really had a set of balls on him, that's what he would have said. He would have said, thanks a lot, mom. I'm rich, but I have absolutely no social skills at all. I am totally awkward. Look, luckily, I do have a big penis. Thank God for that. You know, I'm at least halfway capable of pleasing women. The problem is uh, then I just, I, I, I can only have uh, relationships and I, I don't know, I don't know how to just bang chicks. What the hell is going on? Let's take a break. Mike at KMGX.com. That'd be the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Uh, apparently a seagull got in here. That's part of the, uh, that's part of the bumper music, I guess. All right. Break time. We'll come back and get into all this other stuff. Oh, did you see? Oh, I see Dallas. Dallas is uh, going to have their, they're on pace to have their snowiest re winter on record. That must be that global warming. Gotta love that. I guess they've accumulated a lot of global warming this winter. Where's Al Gore? I have not seen nor heard anything from him in months. Oh, yeah, it's winter. And it's snowed a lot, so you're not gonna hear from him. All right, this is Michael Graff in exile. Father has spoken. Because I like this song, but you know what? I do. And if that's problem, if that's a problem for you, then tough. I might have to wait Maybe not having sex for eight, nine months is change my sexual orientation. Wherever you are, whenever it's right. I'll be wearing my net speedo this afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Michael Bublé. It's gonna change me And now I can't see every possibility mm -hmm. Somehow I know that it'll all turn out It's my show make me work so I can like what I want to like And play as much of it as I want I promise you, kid I'll get so much more than I get 
Right, Mike at KMGX.com. That would be our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That's also the PayPal address. Should you wish to contribute, make a generous contribution, I might be able to go and buy myself one of those high-priced escorts. Just kidding. Or am I? And by high price, I mean we're talking $75. For a night. And I know that we can be so amazing. Woman like Rosie shows up. Your life is gonna change me. All right, let's do this quickly. I can't see Before the meth wears off. Mm-hmm. And someday I know it'll all turn out. And I'll work to work it out. Yeah. Promise you, kid. I'll give more than I Right now, somebody's listening and they're going, you like this? And then they listen to Fireflies. It's, listen, I, I can't explain it. There's just certain songs that you like and uh, you like them for whatever reason. I know. You know, there's just some songs that you have on your iPod or you have, you know, that you listen to like... Uh, you walk down the street like I, I like to crank the theme from Barney Miller. I think that's one of the greatest songs ever written. Or uh, the the you know there's there's lots of great tunes out there. Anyway, whatever. Leave me alone. All right, so. I found some more great audio. Speaking of the Tiger Woods thing, I I have to play this. This is just, this is too good. So there's a guy on the Golf Channel after Tiger Woods' speech. There's an anchor on the Golf Channel. Now, for many of you might not be aware of this, but there actually is a Golf Channel. And this guy on there, he he got a little bit emotional after (laughs) after Tiger Woods' uh, apology. And uh, hold on, let me see if I if I can pull this up. Here's a guy that's crying. Well, he, he sort of gets teared up after uh, Tiger Woods' uh, apology. Stay that way. Well, my impression is we saw a very genuine and authentic Tiger Woods. I mean, obviously this was very, very painful for him to do. But to walk in that room and have his mom standing 15 feet in front of him. <laughs> Very, very painful to, to watch. I don't want to put you on the spot, Charlie, but uh, to Randall's point about looking into the camera, he did that several times. I made note of that. Um, I think the impact of saying I'm sorry is more <laughs> impactful when you stare directly at those you're apologizing to. Uh, watching you watch this, w- why so much emotion from you in watching Tiger speak? You know, it, it's um, when you see someone. When I see someone going through something that's extremely painful uh, and being very genuine, it, yeah, you know the you know that thing that they brought on themselves. <laughs> you know, when I see somebody that goes through something so painful that they initiated themselves. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I drool a lot while I cry. <laughs> I, 
Anyway, it just cracks me up. I really, I really, I, I. Does anybody have Owl City here? Can we just pipe that over? We should just pipe that under this guy. Hold on. Anyway, uh, yeah, he, this, he's losing it. You know, uh, when I see somebody that's going through something so tremendously difficult, something that they completely brought on themselves, it just makes me... It makes me tear up. It's me. Very hard. That's, that's a reason for, for my reaction, but... Uh... Um, you know, I, I really like the fact that, that he cast all blame on himself. It was very clear that, that I have done this. He, he wasn't uh, uh, trying to put it on any, anybody else, as we saw a little bit earlier, he, as he was squirming. You, know, you get the sense that this is a full admission and submission, that, that uh, this is a problem that I have. I'm going to work on it. Moving forward, these are going to be my priorities. Uh, his marriage and his family. Mm -hmm. And we we can talk about golf. Uh, you know, what will his legacy be? Sure, he'll he'll go down as one of the greatest golfers ever, if not the greatest. But his true legacy is his children. I think that he understands that. Um, you know, how, how his children will react to to these horrible mistakes that he's made to this family moving forward. You, you know, now they have a chance if he moves forward in this process, they said as he says he's going to do. They said they were extremely embarrassed that their dad cried and that this unbelievable. They'll have a chance to say, hey, you know what? Our dad made horrible mistakes. <laughs> look what he did after he made those mistakes. You know, when you watch Tiger Woods play, he golf, just banged he, people in secret. Inspired because you're reminded of what uh, a human being can do with no physical or mental limitations. That's on a golf course. But everybody has issues that they struggle with from time to time. And to see someone dealing with such emotional problems and uh, doing it in such an honest and forthright uh, manner is inspiring. A lot of people tuning in have similar issues, similar vices, and they are always looking for ways to be inspired. And so Tiger Woods has a chance right now to, in another way, inspire people. With regard to his wife, Elin, he made it perfectly clear one issue I want to discuss. Elin never hit me that night or any other night. Elin deserves praise. And that's a bunch of BS too, by the way. Oh, so you mean the, the back of your car... Where with the back of your car, it just shattered. The, the back window in the car just spontaneously exploded. It must just be from uh, what, what, what caused that? Your tremendous personality. What you bang, you must have banged that Rachel Lucatel so hard that it just blew out the, the back of your, uh, of your Escalade. That is, uh, that's great. All right. Well, uh, so that's, that's from the golf channel. Um, I don't even know the name of the anchor. There's some dude, he just lost it. He, he just started crying. He couldn't believe Tiger. I got so emotional when I heard Tiger Woods. You know, I have to, I, I, not, the only emotion I feel about this whole thing is just sheer anger that it's been blown up to be such a big story that anybody really gives that much a crap about Tiger Woods and that people are out there and getting upset because somebody that they artificially elevated to such a pedestal has disappointed them in some way. How can you be disappointed by somebody that anyway, whatever. Okay. Enough. Really? Well, enough of that, but I do have to move on to something uh, equally stunning. 
Gloria Allred is the attorney for uh, one of the women. Uh, what's her name? I don't know. Veronica, Vicky, whatever. I, I lose track. There were, after all, there were at least 20 mistresses or somewhere in the vicinity of 20 mistresses claiming that they had sex with Tiger Woods and probably did. Anyway, so the, the Gloria Allred is representing one of them and she is quite the sly attorney. She's one of these uh, really, really, when you hear uh, the nasty things that are said about attorneys, usually this is the poster child of the, of the kind of person that they're talking about, this Gloria Allred, all right? Uh, even if I agree with a case that she takes on, I, I, I find myself feeling very dirty for doing so. It's kind of like if Rush Limbaugh says something and I agree with it, even though I agree, I, I kind of go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm agreeing with Rush. So this Gloria Allred, she comes to the defense of this woman and says that Tiger Woods owes her client an apology. Uh, we'll play a little clip of the press conference that Gloria Allred had. And uh, we'll, we'll probably stop it at least 12 times to analyze that. And uh, there's a little clip from Sean Hannity and uh, his show on uh, Fox News um, with an interview that he did with uh, Gloria Allred as well. Let's see if we can get through this without projectile vomiting. She was in love with him. And he told her that he loved her. And yet he did not acknowledge their relationship today or apologize to her by name. Today was not an apology. It was a staged public relations stunt. It was a disgrace. Whatever rehab Tiger participates in will not be meaningful or effective unless he acknowledges the relationship. Why does he need to acknowledge the relationship? Why does he need to do that? That's not, that's not something he needs to acknowledge. Under what authority does Tiger Woods need to acknowledge any of the relationships that he had? Even with his wife, he does not have to acknowledge anything. The only reason you want him to acknowledge it is so that way you have a more concrete case to potentially try and go after him for some trumped up lawsuit. I mean, I hate to feel bad for Tiger Woods because he's kind of a douche, but people are starting to make me feel bad for him. I, I'm, it's almost, uh, what is that, uh, it's not really Stockholm syndrome, but what is it where you start to feel bad for the for the guy, for for the douche? Well, I mean, he's not a criminal here, so I don't want to say the criminal, but you start to feel bad for the persecutor, not the person, not the persecutee, really. You start to feel bad for the person that uh, that started all this mess in the first place, because now He's going to face lawsuits. Again, you know, all the problems that he had, he brought on himself from his own infidelity. But I mean, last I checked, it's not illegal to cheat on your wife. Not anymore. Sorry. I mean, yeah, it's it's a bad move. It's immoral. It's it's douchey. It's low down. It's it's a dick thing to do. It really is. But uh, it's not illegal. Uh, not anymore. I mean, we in, in the United States, I think every state now is a no-fault divorce. I mean, if you come home and catch your wife sleeping with 32 guys all at once, what you should say is, wow, some of these dudes are kind of ugly. Or, wow, gee, honey, I, I'm, glad that you're, uh, I'm glad that you're seeing new people. Glad that you finally found a hobby, sweetheart. Well, you never did that with me. Well, good for you. I see that you're expanding your sexual repertoire, and I think that's great. 
break the gangbang record? Yeah, I, I mean, at least, you know, I, I would just, that's all you can say in these situations. What I will say, though, is that, uh, is that I, 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 I'm almost, almost, I'm not there yet, but I'm almost feeling bad for Tiger Woods. Almost. Anyway, uh, Gloria Allred and her nonsense continues here. My client. He's so selfish. It's not about anybody but him. It's just, it doesn't feel like it was real. It doesn't feel like it was real for Elon. It doesn't feel like it was real for his children or his life. Okay, that's Veronica Daniels that's saying that. This is uh, one of the uh, Tiger Woods mistresses. This is Veronica Daniels. She said, oh, it doesn't, it, it did feel real. And, and you know, because Tiger Woods said that uh, he loved this woman. Yeah. Uh, he, he was attracted to you. He w was having a relationship with you. Fine. But you knew that he was married. I mean, you're, you're talking about it right now. You knew that the guy was married. I mean, that's the end. You're a slut. What, you, you can't go around and then retroactively say, well, you know, he sent me text messages and said that he loved me, so I deserve a piece of the pie. That's what this is about. Whenever you hire an attorney, the reason you hire an attorney is, number one, well, the, the only thing, the only thing you hire an attorney for is because you want a piece of the pie. If Tiger Woods was worth the same as the grocery bagger down at Safeway, guess what? None of this would be happening. But because he is the golfer with the big contract from Nike and he had Accenture and he had Gatorade and he had all these other endorsements and he was making check after check after check, major bank off of every major victory that he had and every other PGA victory that he had and he was worth a billion bucks, that's why you got interested in this. That's why you hired an attorney because you want a little piece of the pie and guess what? You ain't getting anything because you were never married, common law or otherwise. He was with you off and on for three years and guess what? Well, he was with you. You know what he was doing? He was with other chicks too. He was, yeah, he was, you know what he was doing? Other broads. And I, I hate to tell you this, uh, Veronica Daniels. I mean, you know, listen, you're a cute chick, but you know what? He's doing chicks a lot hotter than you. And he was telling them the same things that he was telling you. You know why? Because he's a douchebag. But you knew he was a douchebag when you hooked up with him. You hooked up with a douchebag. You're either the dumbest woman on earth or the dumbest woman on earth. Dumbest woman on earth. <laughs> Jeff. No, really, you have to be. And this is just, this is a bunch of show for TV. You know, I mean, it's nice of you that you come out and you, and you dress up and you get your, you, you get your, uh, your alleged lesbian attorney there, you know, to sit down and, and, uh, and represent you and everything. But you know, the clear, the, the picture here is you want a piece of the pie, you know, you want, I mean, what do you want? You want uh, 5 million, 10 million, 20 million. What do you want? How much of the stake do you want? What amount of money is going to just make it so you shut your sex hole? You know, what is it? How much is it that you need before uh, you close the pleasure center? That's probably what Tiger would just like to know. Oh, man. I mean, this is used to be you could just go out and have an affair. 
And you can't do that anymore. And joining me now with reaction to all of this are attorney Gloria Allred and the host of Judge Janine Pirro. That, of course, would be Janine Pirro. Uh, uh, Gloria, I, I read your statement here and, and I watched the press conference and I was very interested in what you and your client had to say here. You know, he didn't acknowledge the relationship with her today. And then you go on to say, you know, it, it will not be meaningful or effective unless he acknowledges the relationship he had with my client. Well, you also represent Rachel Yucatel. I mean, do you want him to say, I apologize oh, to Susie, to Mary, to Tammy, to Janine, to Tara, to Lauren, to... We got it. Do you want him to mention every mistress? Well, I was there today on behalf of my client, Veronica, and Veronica had a three-year romantic, intimate relationship with Tiger Woods. And They banged, and he said that he loved her. I hate to... I'm, I'm going to... All right. We might as well just put the truth out there. Let's put the truth out there. Women, when a guy says he loves you, you know what he wants? In your pants. And if, he, if he's already gotten it from you, that means he really likes the way that you, you get him off. He loves sex with you. Okay, you want, you want proof? Turn off the sex. Stop having sex with him and see how long the, the loving texts keep coming in. See how long that lasts. When a guy says he loves you, he loves what's between your legs, what's upon your chest, and perhaps your mouth, and perhaps the back door. He likes you for the sex. And maybe, you know, listen, maybe you, you drink together. Maybe he enjoys just hanging out and drinking or whatever. But when, it, when a guy that's married decides to have sex with multiples of other women, He's psychologically damaged. Don't you understand that? He's not capable of love of that kind of level. Now, am I saying that every guy that says they love they love a, a woman is lying? No, no. But in this case, yes, he's lying. Guys who are cheaters and guys, and we're not just talking about cheaters. We're talking about a guy that had sex with you know allegedly twenty different women. And God, maybe more. I mean, there could probably be a lot of other chicks that are just like, nah, you know, I had sex with them, but whatever, I'm over it. Well, there, we've already heard about that. We've already heard other women that just sort of made a reference, a veiled reference to having sex with Tiger, and they didn't make any press conferences or they just sort of say, yeah, I did it years and years ago, whatever, before he was married, which by the way is fine. <laughs> I'm just, I can't believe... I, I I understand. Gloria is trying to build a case um, so that maybe she can take him to court or something. I don't know. We want an apology. Well, as soon as if Tiger should ever apologize, well, then he really is done. He's done because he's admitted some sort of fault. I mean, thank God he never fathered any children with these women. How did he manage that? We know the guy's not sterile. We know the guy, you know, because he has two children with his wife and they're not adopted as far as I know. So, yeah, they were born uh, naturally. I mean, they were, you know, they're Tiger's kids. How the hell did he accomplish this? Did he have a secret vasectomy? You can say condoms all you want, but I mean, just the sheer mathematics of it. He had sex with 20 different women hundreds of times. You know, condoms are only 99% effective. You got to figure one slips past the goalie every once in a while. How did he manage? 
I mean, good for him, but wow. So anyway, these women, they, they got nothing. Anyway, here's more of uh, Gloria Allred. This is just, uh, the only reason I'm playing this, I'm just playing the sheer obnoxious, this is going to be one of those four-hour podcasts, isn't it? All right. Just the sheer obnoxious nature of this woman. Recently in September, Sean, he said, we're going to have a lifetime of this. And in October, he said, you please me like no other has or ever will. Well, uh, that part of that's true. You know, the you please me part. Guys say that all the time. You think they mean it? You think a guy means it when he says that? Especially Tiger Woods, do you think so? You're dumber than he is. He played you like a fiddle. And uh, you know what? I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a Nintendo? Because you just got played. She was in love with him. He was. Uh, he said he was in love with her, and uh, and he lied to her because he told her that there was no other woman in his life other than his wife, and in fact that was a lie. A lie. So I say he not only needs this. to go to sex rehab, he needs to go to lying rehab and betrayal I, rehab. We, 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 he needs to go to lying rehab. You're an attorney. You're an attorney calling somebody else a liar. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, that, it, game over, man. I mean, if Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity should have just said, "Well, wait a minute, Gloria, hold on, Gloria, Gloria. If you if you shut your gravity well for just a second, aren't you an attorney? Yes, Sean. Well, then how can you? You should go to lying rehab. <laughs> yeah, lying rehab." Better known as jail. Not even jail. You went, you, went to, uh, you went to learn how to lie at law school, or as they like to call it, truth manipulation. He needs to go to lying rehab. That is just outrageous. And then on the screen while they're doing this interview, <laughs> this is pretty funny. Fox puts up uh, Tiger's dead and he has like these, uh, all the silhouettes of these, he's, like, they're like filling in the faces while this is all scrolling by. I just think that's great. Lying rehab. Got that part. I mean, we all know he lied and we all know he cheated and no one's justifying his, his behavior is repugnant and, and he seemed to acknowledge that today. His behavior isn't really repugnant. I mean, it's, it's douchey. He's a guy. He went out and he had sex and you know, I think the only part that's repugnant is you're worth a billion dollars and then you get married and then you're so stupid, you, you go and cheat. I mean, how stupid are you? It's not repugnant. His behavior is stupid. Stupid. Whether you believe it was robotic or not, here's the question I have. Your client knew she was cheating with a married man with children. There so you go. does she owe Tiger's wife and children an apology? Well, first of all, she didn't know whether his wife uh, had uh, knowledge uh, of the uh, whoa, 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 having a relationship. No, well, you know what, Gloria, but here's the problem. Not, but wait a second. Let me answer the question, though. But, but whether or not the wife knew, and apparently she didn't, today my client said that, and she said this very clearly, she said, I never wanted to cause Elon, Sam, or Charlie any pain, but I'm not the sole cause. Tiger pursued I never wanted to cause them any pain. I just slept with uh, their husband and father.
I didn't really, you know, I mean, God, the orgasms were so, I mean, Glory, you have to understand he was so well hung. I mean, look, we're talking, he was like nine and a half inches. You don't turn that down. Around. Yeah, he was like, he. you know those You know those cans of Sapporo from Japan? You know how, how sturdy those, I mean, we're talking that. You don't say no. All you say is, yes! All you say is, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me over time, and I fell in love with him, and he told me he loved me. I'm sorry for my part, right, let for me any to, of their pain. I'm, so, but I, you yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for my part. You know, the part where if I hadn't existed, this wouldn't have happened. You know that part? Yeah, I'm sorry for that little part. If, you know, if she had said no, there would be no controversy. Well, I mean, I'm sure there would have been from another woman, but not from this woman. If every woman had integrity and would have said no, there wouldn't have been a problem. But you know, that's the point. There's no integrity from Tiger. There's no integrity from the woman. There's no integrity, period. Therefore, you have a situation that develops like this. Again, if Tiger Woods was, uh, was uh, you know, uh, the, the greeter at Walmart, this wouldn't be a controversy. If Tiger Woods made $7.25 an hour and had a net worth of negative $735, and he had uh, bill collectors calling him every day, <clears throat> asking when they can expect a payment on their room store account, then this wouldn't be an issue. But then again, instead of getting Rachel Lucatel, he would have gotten RuPaul at best. And not even RuPaul, but a RuPaul impersonator. As Chris Rock so aptly said it many years ago, a man is only as faithful as his options. There you have it. My client says that she's, she's sorry, but, you know, she's not the only one to blame. That's like, you know, you go to your parents, you know, uh, you, you're like... You know, you're, you're fighting with your, your little brother. You're like seven, eight years old, whatever. And, uh, you know, you, you threw a, you know, you hit him over the head with a book. And, uh, you know, he beat, he, he, he hit you with a vase. You guys had a big fight. Well, he started it. Oh, yeah, so that justified you ripping off one of his fingers. Yeah, well, he started it. Yes. Had he not started it. Well, but didn't you sort of start it? Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, we could, we could, uh, we could get uh, all caught up in who threw the first knife uh, until the cows come home. But I mean, this is that's what this is. This is that kind of a fight. And help who you let fall me, let, in me, love let, with. let me let me bring Janine in here. You're now you're a judge. Now she wants an apology, Gloria's client. But she's cheating with a married married man with two children. Well, and you know what? It's complete nonsense, Gloria, for this porn star to suggest that she's owed an apology. The only one who's owed an apology is Elon by this porn star who carried on an affair with a married man. And you know what? She says that she bore two children by Tiger, never told Tiger, but she's a porn star suggesting he was the only one who could have had these, who could have fathered these children. How dare she come out and say he owes her an apology she's not even on the radar screen go. here and there is absolutely no legal connection between this woman and tiger woods to suggest an apology or money like the other women who got money to remain silent this is sheer lunacy the man you know has what? apologized he has done all of the uh, uh, uh apologies that he needs to do in the mea culpas that's enough you know what that woman right there that is that's a judge okay 
That's a judge, and my view of the legal system actually just went up because of it. And I think I just got a plump on. I've got a plump on. It's not a full erection, but it is a plump on. Ah, cream cheese. No, but it's serious. That woman just told the lawyer, just told Gloria, Gloria Allred, in, in not so many words, to shove it. There is no legal case here. You're done. Your, your client is a porn star. This Veronica Daniels say porn. This is a woman that goes on film and gets penetrated over and over. Or whatever. Maybe she just does lesbian stuff. I'm not familiar with Veronica Daniels' work. Then again, I'm really not familiar with much porn anyway. I know Jenna Janus, Jameson. I know some of the people that appear on the Howard Stern show. That's about it. And even them, I don't really know. Them. Like, I wouldn't know their faces except for Jenna Jameson. It's about it. Maybe that one chick, uh, you know, she always, she never wears a shirt. She's, she's kind of a slut. You know who I'm talking about. Jeff knows. Anyway, uh, so this is, you know, I mean, this woman just read, Gloria all read the riot act. That's great. It's never enough if you have lied to a woman, a rich, a powerful, a famous man. Okay, okay. Anybody, anybody that's listening to this podcast, it's a guy. You've lied to a woman before. I'm sure you have. You've done it. You know, I mean, it's, it's just happened. You've lied to a woman about something. Maybe not, maybe not something huge, but you've lied. That's just, it happens. People lie to each other. Well, my, he lied. Okay. I mean, wh why don't you just get to the point? What do you want from Tiger aside from just an apology? Because an apology isn't just going to be, a, what do you want? How many millions? Just just give us a dollar. For, write it down. I'm going to slide a piece of paper over here, and you're going to write down how much you expect Tiger Woods to pay off. Who hurts a woman, who devastates a woman, and I might add... Devastates a woman. She's on film screwing guys. Now, maybe this is just me, and maybe this is... I, I'm, I know I, I might just totally be off in the weeds on this one, but um, I'm going to guess that a woman that's in porn is not too easily devastated emotionally by the actions of some dude. Yeah, I mean, that probably happened a long time ago when either A, uh, their father or stepfather or someone close to the family diddled them. B, when their parents died at a, at a young age and they were raised by uh, some dude off the street or something. C, they got forcibly raped repeatedly. D, they got drug addicted when they were 14 and their parents tried to set them straight, but then they just yelled at their parents and, and got, uh, you know, uh, uh, divorced from their parents. Legally emancipated and then went to live off on their own. And then some porn director saw them when they were 16, but lied and said they were 18 and then put them on film or E, a combination of, of the previous options. I am poor. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is, are you, I'm, I know somebody's going to say, Mike, are you saying that porn stars have no feelings? Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, since here's the point, this woman is taking Tiger Woods character and, and lambasting it. Well, then all's fair in love and war. If you're going to, if you're going to take, if you're going to make a character argument against Tiger Woods and make no mistake, he's a douche. 
But if you're going to make a uh, character argument against Tiger Woods, then you need to make a character argument against the porn star. And again, I have no objection to somebody uh, screwing on film. I don't. But I'm not going to sit there and try and, uh, and put them up as a paragon of virtue either. Give me a break. Porn stars are women too. And they have a right to dignity and they have a right to the truth. They, they have a right to dignity. Oh yeah, porn stars definitely have the right to dignity. That's why they probably refuse to do anal sex scenes. Porn stars have a right to dignity. Okay. I'm just going to let that statement ruminate with you for a while. Just let it sort of rattle around in there. Porn stars have the right to dignity. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. He was honest with him, uh, and, and he insisted that she give up. These are people that take uh, loads on their face. But they have a right from strangers for, for like hundreds of dollars. I mean, literally for hundreds of dollars at a time. Sometimes it's less. I mean, it depends on how famous you are. All right, now in this scene, uh, oh, we got to hurry up because my mom gets home at five. <laughs> All right, look, uh, we're running a little short this week. Um, you know, my social security check's running out. So all I've got is 20 bucks to pay you for this scene. Uh, we're taking it with my Nikon. Actually, it's not a Nikon. It's, it's a Panasonic. Nikon was too expensive a brand of camera to use for this scene. Anyway, all right. In the adult film business, her only source of income, because he was very jealous, and he said he wanted to be the only man for her. Her only, wait a minute, her only source of income? What about the porn biz? Oh, maybe that wasn't going so well because of her dignity. Well, I'm too dignified to do, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do the triple penetration gangbang anal scene today. I have my dignity. I'm, I'm screwing a married man this afternoon. I do have my dignity. Film or not on film. Okay. She gave that up for him. Then she went into hiding when the scandal Gloria, broke. Gloria, you to say that she gave up to her, her career as a porn star. Is that for the three years that she knew him? She gave up her career, no, she, Gloria? No. Yes, she, no. She gave that up. She gave that up about two years ago because he was so jealous. Who and he is said the liar she here, was Gloria, the only one in the him. last two Excuse years. She's done 16 porn movies. I know oh. that you said that she gave up her career. I've got a list of her porn movies in the last two years, starting <laughs> with Mama Blank's a black man. Don't say she gave up her career. She didn't give up her career. She's a porn star who's trying to nail him for money like everybody else. She should oh. disappear and go back to where she All came right, let, from. Let me, let me jump in here. Well, Gloria, unfortunately, you have your facts very wrong, Janine. Well, you I know, know what, what check the facts the movies, are. Gloria, check and, the and, list. Well, I've got all the list of the dates. Those, no, those you're films wrong. were shot. No, no, those films were shot before two years oh, ago. They oh, are and now they being distributed. They knew she was going to be famous. Let me, no, let, let me, let me. Wow. Well, there you go. I mean, the case over. She was still doing porn films. Game over, man. That's it. So there you go. Uh, who's this? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who that. Who who was that judge again? I, I I just forgot her name. Whoever that was that that read Gloria all read the riot act. That's a judge. That judge, whoever she is, um, she should replace Judge Judy. 
I love Judge Judy, but you know what? Uh, this woman needs to replace Judge Judy because that's the greatest. That is the greatest judge ever. That should be the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Whoever this woman is, she should be the chief justice of the Supreme Court. I don't care if she's liberal or conservative. She should be the chief justice. She should be the only justice. That's it. Scalia, Kennedy, Thomas, all out. You guys are done. This woman's the judge. She, I couldn't have said it better. In the last 45 minutes I've been doing this rant, I don't think I have said it better. 16 porn films in the last two years. Your client is done. You're done. All right, there you go. At least one woman has it right. Thank you. Porn stars are women too. They, they, they are entitled to dignity. They are. Okay. I'll tell you what. You're entitled to dignity in porn. Uh, is that should that dignity come after uh, you you wipe the batch off your face or or you know when when do you get the dignity? Where's the dignity at? I'm a dignified person. Uh, really horny guys uh, watch me uh, have stuff uh, thrown at me or whatever. They watch me in dominatrix. I don't, I'm not familiar with her work, but uh, according to one of them. Uh, she did a, I guess one of her films, she does a, a black dude. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. I wonder if it's one of those films where he makes, uh, where he makes her say the N word. Because again, that's, that would be dignified. She has a career in porn. That's dignified. I didn't know we were dealing with, uh, with such an astute, with such an esteemed woman. With such a virtuoso such a magnanimous personality. I take it all back. Tiger, you should apologize to the porn star. All right. Uh, Mike at KMGX.com. That would be the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. We're not going to get out of here until like uh, for another three hours, are we, with this? There are, there are other things to get into. Uh, somebody sent me this. Um. Apparently, our listeners think that I uh, give legal advice. Now, I uh, I want to preface this by saying I'm not an attorney. I'm not Gloria Allred, certainly. I'm not an attorney, and maybe that's probably good, but I will provide the following legal advice. Somebody sent this in, and, and if you do have a legal question or if you do have some kind of question, just understand that I am not an attorney, and while I am not legally um, giving you advice because that would be against the law, giving advice without being an attorney, practicing law without being an attorney. I will uh, provide this listener with some advice. Um, somebody wrote in, they said, Mike, I'm not, I'm not going to mention the, the name of the bank, but a bank that I uh, go to. This listener says, uh, I, on the 8th, I had five small transactions. On the 9th, I had a credit put into my account. And then on the 11th of, Fe of February... I had a, uh, an automatic draft that came out of my account. Much to my surprise that when I looked at my statement on the 13th, I saw that my account was negative X number of dollars. What the bank did was, this is not surprising, they retroactively charged my account with all five of the small transactions and the large transaction and then put the credit in in spite of the fact that the large transaction occurred two days after the credit to my account, after I uh, deposited money. Anyway, uh, the person uh, is asking me, can a bank do this? Is this legal? 
What can I do? Now, my response, I, I did uh, already draft one response. We had a little conversation about this, but I'm going to follow it up. Now, here's the thing, and this is something that happens with banks all the time. It is one of the biggest complaints against banks. What banks do is, and this, um, you should know, this happened. this has happened to me before. They will, if you have, let's, for example, say you have uh, three transactions in a day within a relatively short period of time of each other. One is for $50, one is for $20, and one is for $2. They will take the $50 transaction first, and they will hit your account with it first, usually. Now, um, even if it didn't occur first, even if sequentially it occurred last in the day, there are times, now this isn't always the case, but they will usually hit that $50 transaction first, then the $20, then the $2, regardless of the order that it occurred in. Now, the other point is that um, if a bank retroactively debits your account and they, they purposely take it out of order like when you're talking about a span of two days and they what they according to him they took his five small transactions and his big transactions they posted them all on the eighth or all on the um i guess no what they did was okay they they posted all of them on the 10th and then they took the the deposit and posted it on the 11th but they hit him with five overdraft fees or six overdraft fees as a result each one of those overdraft fees is about $30. Unbelievable. Now, the answer to his question, can a bank do this? No. This is fraud. If a bank does this, they are engaging in fraud. Retroactively de debiting your account like that, that is fraud, especially because he says the detail here that I'm not, that I deliberately did not include until now, is that when he checked his bank statement initially, Everything was okay. Then later he checks his bank statement and everything's completely out of order. So, you know, he printed out the original one and then he prints out the other one. So uh, the question then is, can a bank do this? The answer, no, this is fraud. What you do is you can take, if, the, if they are unwilling to resolve this with you, you can take them to small claims court. You sue them for the overdraft fees so whatever, if it's $150 or $180 in overdraft fees, you sue them for that. You uh, you sue them. You, you could, you, you'll sue them for the court costs. And perhaps, and this is an iffy part, but you might be able to sue them uh, for the time that you miss from work for having to go down to court and defend it. Because in a case of fraud, sometimes that happens. Sometimes a judge will award you um, the, the missed time from work because this is a case where this isn't just a case of computer error what this appears to be is blatant fraud and i'm not going to say the name of the bank but this is not a big surprise from this bank they're kind of they're kind of bastards you might even say they're bastards of america you might say that i'm not saying it but some people might actually say that Anyway, it's not a surprise. This bank is, uh, they're, they're douchebags. I bank with this bank, and I'm calling them douchebags. Um, all right, so there's that.
speaking of banks, that brings about this. We might as well just do a nice smooth transition. The number of, quote, problem U.S. banks jumped 27% during the fourth quarter of 2009 to 702. This is the highest level since 1993 and a sign that the industry's recovery is still shaky. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corp., the FDIC, uh, they, uh, let's see, overall, they eked out a profit of $914 million for the fourth quarter, benefiting from a heating company, or a, from a healing, wow, from a healing economy. But said that uh, the improvement was um, concentrated in the largest banks. The FDIC chairman, Sheila Baer, said that the profit was a huge improvement over the $37.8 billion loss that the industry reported in the fourth quarter of 2008. Quote, it's not that this year was a strong quarter. It's simply that everything was so bad a year ago, Bear said in a statement. Smaller institutions are still struggling with deteriorating loan uh, portfolios, especially with loans tied to commercial real estate. The FDIC set aside an additional $17.8 billion during the fourth quarter for expected bank failures. Regulators have closed 20 U.S. banks so far this year and 185 since January of 2008 as banks continue to struggle with loan portfolios stocked with soaring loans, rather. Um, Yeah, I'm having a little trouble today. The back still hurts. All right, so um, there's that. That's a report on the banks. Banks are still bad. We had uh, a lot of uh, a lot of closures in the banking biz, and then we have this: a public schools update for you. This is just um, this this is great. This is a great story. I guess they get their drink on a little bit early. Uh, Jeline Elliott, forty one. She is the band teacher at Spanish Fork High School. I'm sorry, Spanish Fork Junior High. She was taken into custody around 9.30 a.m. last Tuesday in Springville after another driver on Main Street reported uh, uh, that um, she was driving erratically. Lieutenant Dave Karen of the Springerville Police says that uh, they made a stop for a traffic violation on Center Street and Elliot appeared, quote, out of it. You'd say something to her. She'd open her eyes, maybe answer. Then she'd sit and close her eyes. Then you'd ask her to do whatever it was again. She'd open her eyes uh, and you had to keep going, trying to get her to talk. Officers say that Elliot wasn't able to walk alone. Quote, when she did finally get out of the car, she had to hang on to the door to keep her balance. The officer actually had to help her over to the sidewalk to keep her from falling. This is in, um, I guess this is around uh, the Salt Lake City area. Now she's going to be, of course, she's going to be, well, she's under arrest, of course. 
So, DUI. There you go. Another public schools update. A, a teacher that's drunk at 9.30 in the morning. But I had teachers like that. What's the big deal? Especially a band teacher. You're teaching band. You're teaching them to play when the saints go marching in or, you know, some crap. They're not going to play any. They're not. You're not teaching them anything, you know, uh, any uh, contemporary song. They're playing uh, you know, the, um, the, the. <laughs> they're having to play what is that song that spinning plate song you know that song that's what you teach in band yeah you teach them like stars and stripes forever i would be drinking too if i was a band teacher at a school i'd be drinking too i'll be honest i mean no offense i was briefly in band in school and it sucked because we never played any cool songs. We played the, we played the lamest tunes. We we never got to play anything interesting. Are you kidding? Oh my god! I wish we got to play something good. We didn't even get to play something like um, "Stars and Stripes Forever." I wish we would have. We played stuff like um, "Mary Had a Little Lamb." I'm serious. We were like fourth or fifth grade students, and you know it took us like two months to learn how to do that. And I, I was certainly not a prodigy when it came to playing. I, I played, when I was in third grade, I learned the flute. Now, actually, I learned how to play the flute really well. I know, it's a gay instrument. Leave me alone, okay? A guy shouldn't be playing the flute. But listen, it's good, it, it's good, it's a good, uh, well, I won't say. Let's just say it helps out uh, with the oral pleasures. Not on guys, but it, it does look gay for a guy to be playing the flute, I will admit. Yeah, you don't really get all the chicks when you're playing the flute. Yeah, you're in band, huh? Yeah. What do you play? Uh, I, I play the flute. What? I don't know. I play the flute. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when you play this song in a band, it never sounds this good. It, it always sounds... All the instruments are out of tune. And the fat kid always gets to play the tuba. See, in third grade, I played the flute. And then fourth grade fourth grade I played uh, the clarinet and they pretty much dropped me out of the band I wasn't even that bad though there were kids way worse than me the only the only instrument I really can play is the piano I, I play that all right all right so the band teacher uh, drunk all right, kids. She probably wants to play. We're going to play Skinner today. You little brats. But aren't we supposed to be working on Mary Had a Little Lamb in D minor? No! We're going to play Skinner. Or Pink Floyd. You know what song I think is cool? Lady Gaga. 
We're going to play Poker Face. Nowadays, they'd probably do that. But when I was in band, we never got to play anything cool. We didn't get to play Bon Jovi. We weren't playing uh, Dead or Alive. God, I would have loved it if in band we, we got to play cool stuff. Hell, I would have settled for playing Falco. That would have been awesome. But no, we played the lamest music ever. I don't even think we did anything as sophisticated as we, we really did. We played like, we did like uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yeah. I was in choir also. Listen, if you want to poke fun at my, at my heterosexuality, you go right ahead. But I got to get out of class a lot. That was, that's why you're in choir. You're in choir because you get... And listen, I, back in those days when my voice was like two octaves higher than every other kid's, you wouldn't know it now, but I had a painfully high voice. I listened to tape. I, I, I found a tape, found a cassette uh, a, a couple of weeks ago of me at about 10 years old. And like, I almost couldn't hear it. It was so high. You know that sound your your old uh, giant like uh, CRT TV makes when you turn it on? Yeah, you know high pitch. That, ee, that noise that that your ears can pick up only if you haven't blown out most of your hearing. That's about how high my voice was when I was ten. I wish we played stuff like this. As lame as that sounds. And choir, we did the same crap too. We we did. I do I do remember one song we did in choir. I think the only song that was even close to contemporary. I think we we sang "Friends Are Friends Forever." Yeah, we did a little Michael W. Smith. Inquire, we did this song. I, I know we did this. And we did um, we did a lot of just like cheesy, like 50s. So we did, well, we did a couple of 50s songs. Oh, we did do a Ghostbusters. We did Ghostbusters also. Yeah. It's always great when, like, we'd roll into a mall someplace. That was always the thing, too. It was so weird. Now that I think about it, it was kind of creepy. Like, we're, we're a bunch of school kids. We go into a mall. It's like 12 o'clock. And the only people that are in a mall at 12 o'clock on a, on a Tuesday afternoon are usually, like, bums that just want to get out of the street into the air conditioning. And... Uh, well, especially the malls we went to. We didn't go to... We very rarely went to, like, Fashion Square or any of the upscale malls. We generally went to malls that... Well, again, you know, South Phoenix. We, that's, that's, we went to malls in bad neighborhoods. We'd get jeered. I don't think we even did... I don't know. Let you go in the father's 
I know somewhere I have a tape. I have a cassette somewhere of uh, one of our choir performances. I we did we did Christmas ones. I know that, but we did stuff like this too. But we didn't do like all the verses because you know we were in fifth grade or fourth grade. We just didn't have the patience. What else? Um, <laughs> little revealing of my of my childhood. Yes, I was. I was in choir. All right, we have a very elaborate. This is these are master criminals. We've got to talk about some master criminals from right here in the Phoenix area. These are the dumbasses of the week. We have a tool of the week. We actually we have we have a double dose of dumbass. We have we have two dumbasses of the week, and and we have the tool of the week which are two completely different sets of people. Friends of friends. Now I'm going to have that stuck in my head. Thanks a lot, childhood memories. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, um, we will, uh, (laughs) we'll get to all this. I, I really do need to take a break though. Because this segment we've been prattling on now for about an hour, over an hour. And this isn't even a Friday show where we normally go on for for two, three, four hours. This is just a regular show. Maybe uh, in the post show, maybe I'll edit down some of this. I'm guessing I will. I probably should. Otherwise, I I can't. uh, I I, I don't know. Some people really do like the long shows, though. Uh, one person said that they like the long shows. Actually, a couple of people said they like the long shows because when they go on uh, drives uh, for work or whatever, they just put on one of my podcasts and it uh, it works out well. They're like, oh, two-hour drive, I'll just put on one of Mike's podcasts. He'll just rattle on forever and it'll soothe me on my drive. All right, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It's also the PayPal address should you want to make a contribution. Maybe you want to make a contribution to just to shut me up so I don't keep talking about making a contribution. That'd be cool. AOL Instant Messenger, if you want to leave a message for us, it's Michael Groff Show. We also hang out on EFNet IRC, the channel net radio. MichaelGroff.com for more information about this program. That is, of course, MichaelGroff.com. And so much more. This is Michael Groff in Exile. And speaking of songs I love, see, it's not just Michael Buble. I like a, a very eclectic music mix. We'll be back.
final segment. Michael Graff in exile for a Wednesday. I say third and final segment, but, you know, God knows, that could still be another hour of this show still to come. Mike at KMGX.com, the email and PayPal address, Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. More information about this program available at michaelgraff.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cross your mind. For me, it happens all the time. Ah. Okay. So we have the Master Criminals of the Week. Boy, these guys, this is... uh, I've heard of dumbasses before, but this really takes it to a whole other level. A rather elaborate scheme, though. I will have to give it up to them. Uh, This comes, of course, from right here in my own backyard, right here in Phoenix, Arizona. Where... uh, These guys had a great idea. They had a van and they put it, they put an artificial floor in, into the van. And the purpose for this, they were going to siphon gas from local convenience stores. Now that they'd already done this once. Um, but what wound up happening in this particular case, well, it it didn't turn out, uh, quite so well. One man was found unconscious in a van while police suspect he and two other men were siphoning large amounts of gasoline from a Circle K underground tank in Phoenix on early Monday. Phoenix police believe that Robert Jeter, Jared DeSanti, I love his water, and George Brabacos, all in their mid-30s, had siphoned approximately 200 gallons from the gas station on the 1800 block of West Union Hills when the clerk received an alarm that the tank was losing a large amount of fuel at about 12.30 a.m., said Detective James Holmes of the Phoenix Police Department. The clerk, having read a security flyer that indicated that a white van may have been involved in fuel theft, immediately called the police. Police arrived several minutes later. Uh, Officers opened the back doors of the van to find Jeter passed out from the fumes. He said that he had taken a, uh, he was taken to a hospital. He was later uh, arrested after he regained consciousness. But listen to what happened. The van contained a false floor, equipment apparently used to siphon gasoline and breach the underground fuel pod. The van also had a tank capable of holding 450 gallons of fuel. And that's a pretty good scam right there. That's um, pretty smart. It's too bad that they were so stupid not to have the doors of the van open or, or a window open so as to not pass out from the fumes. Once again, it, ju- it just shows you that criminals, generally speaking, criminals are just not that bright. The white Chevrolet van had a Nissan Altima parked at the gas station as well next to the van. Uh, The Nissan's hood was open so as to give the appearance that the van was helping the car um, that was having troubles. Police found a handgun inside the car also. Holmes said that the same van was suspected 
to have been involved in a fuel theft at a Circle K at the 5100 block of 43rd Avenue on February 12th. So not so smart. Not so smart. Not exactly master criminals. And then we have the tool of the week. I have to give this to you. This is great. I didn't know this guy was still around. I, I, I actually thought he was dead, but I guess Harry Connick Jr. is still alive. He's still alive and he's still performing in, uh, in, in the big venues. He's got a man. This guy is, uh, he's, he's in venues, uh, well, about the size of my podcast audience. So he did one of his uh, most recent gigs in Charleston, West Virginia. Yeehaw. Now, apparently those people don't just like banjos and, uh, and surprise butt sex, but I guess they like Harry Connick Jr. as well. The joke was on Charleston lawyer Mike Callaghan at a concert by uh, crooner Harry Connick Jr., except it wasn't really a joke. In front of a capacity crowd in the Clay Center on Wednesday night, Connick confiscated the ex-U.S. attorney's iPhone and uh, scolded C- Callaghan like a, uh, a schoolboy. Quote, I'm not too upset, Callaghan said Thursday morning after a night to think about the experience. Quote, I would go see him again. He was a great performance. He's an outstanding singer, very engaging. Connick played the situation off like a joke, except it was clear to everyone, including Callaghan, uh, that the singer was peeved. The man seated in the front row uh, had apparently been blatantly using his cell phone to take pictures during the concert. Quote, I guess we weren't supposed to take pictures. Here's what happened. So at one point, Harry just sort of stops the show. He walks down. He starts yelling at the guy for taking pictures. He takes his iPhone and then he just throws it. Throws it across the room. And of course it breaks into like 35 pieces. And uh, so, uh, I, you know, people kind of laughed about it, but it was one of those sort of awkward situations. Yeah, the guy, uh, Harry Connick Jr., apparently he thinks he's Frank Sinatra. You're not going to do this in front of me, baby. He did. He, t- he took his iPhone and just winged it across the room. Reminds me, we had a, we had a teacher like that in high school. Uh, a girl, girl brought her radio uh, to... Uh, Girl brought her radio uh, to school, her little boom box. Hey, I was very, very small. Like, I mean, like the size of a Kleenex box, okay? And uh, she's listening to some music very quiet. I don't even think she was listening to it at the time. Maybe it was, maybe it was on, but it was very quiet. It really wasn't even loud. Not, not, not that it could get loud anyway, but, you know, uh, over the sound of traffic going by. But anyway, so uh, she's got a radio out, and he comes by and says, yeah, those aren't allowed on campus. And she says, okay, well, she, she goes to turn it off, and, and or, you know, she, she, is, she was kind of slow in reacting. Well, we didn't know what he, like, he was, because the, the, like, the, the rule was like, hey, the teacher would just take it and, you know, he would confiscate it. So we're all kind of sitting there like, because he didn't say, hey, turn it off or, hey, give it to me. He just said, hey, you're not supposed to have those. And we're kind of waiting for him to decide what to do. And so he picks it up and throws it <laughs> he off. He says, the I will not be ignored. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. He says, I will not be ignored. And he picks it up. And he throws it off the balcony and it smashes into like, you know, 11 pieces. 
And uh, she says, you're going to pay for that. And he laughed and he just walked away. That was Mr. Churb. That was his final year. Mr. Churbuck. Yeah, he, uh, he wound up having to actually replace the $4 radio with like a $70 one with dual cassette and CD player and all that crap. It's like, yeah. go douche. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, even though it was sort of a violation, he wasn't really supposed to do that. I mean, imagine it. That would have been great had it hit somebody. It would have been great. <laughs> been great if it hit somebody. Epic. Giving them a concussion. Right in their dome, right off the dome. Imagine the radio just flying in off the balcony. That's huge. That's a great teacher. He's great. Really though, that would have been fantastic. So that's uh, so that's what Harry Connick Jr. did. He did a, his best uh, Cherbuck impression. He just picked that thing up, but he just winged it. The wife says that she was shocked by the incident. "Quote: When Harry took Mike's phone, I thought." Oh no, this is not going to go, uh, this is not going to be a good ending to the evening. I sat there very nervous and thought about uh, what was going to happen. If I were Harry Connick Jr. and somebody was taking my picture, I'd be, I'd be happy. I bet, I'm pretty sure that nobody listening to this podcast knows who Harry Connick Jr. is. Without doing a Google search, Without looking on Wikipedia, I'm pretty sure that most people, because most people that listen to this podcast are, are like 30 years old and younger, with, with a few exceptions. But he was an Independence Day, so they might know. Yeah, okay, maybe, yeah, but still, I'm just saying that I'm pretty sure that most people aren't going to know who Eric Connick Jr. is. That my point is, if you're playing in Charleston, West Virginia, don't you want people to be taking your picture? Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want to be caught dead there. I don't want any record of my being here. By the way, I try to sound like Frank Sinatra, except I talk better. Yeah, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> the evening got off bad anyway, I guess during this concert. You know, what happened was some people showed up late. So during uh, Harry Connick Jr.'s first song, he was doing a song called Mona Lisa, which, God, I was just humming that. Uh, just a minute ago because everybody knows that song. It was a big hit. Anyway, he was doing Mona Lisa and a few people came into the audience late and they were taking their seats near the front and Connick stopped singing and he asked the people, hey, why are you late? And they said, well, uh, we had some slow service at a restaurant. And he said, was it worth being late? And I said, yeah, uh, probably because, you know, our bill at the restaurant was probably more than these concert tickets. And what is this guy going to, this guy that lost his iPhone, he's going to, he's going to sue for the $500 in damages to his iPhone probably. And then the $2.75 for the ticket to the show. Hey, they were complimentary. When, when he got upset at the audience for showing up late, he climbed off the stage, came out, shook their hands, and said, Hi, I'm Harry. Yes, he's such a douche. Hi, uh, okay, I'm Harry. I'm going to make a big production that you showed up late. From uh, his seat in the front, he had seen the prior antics. This is, again, talking about the, uh, the guy, uh, this Mike Callaghan that lost his phone or that has phone destroyed. He had seen the antics like everyone else. He explained that he'd assumed that he could take photos of Connick after the performer got off stage and was in the crowd posing for the prior photos. See, what happened was other people were taking pictures and then he just started posing, but he was, he was clearly upset. And he was trying to sort of play it off as a joke, but he was just getting more and more red-faced and more and more upset. 
I mean, maybe his frustration is, oh my God, I've been, I've been doing this for 25 years or whatever. And, and I'm playing to a crowd of 74 people in Charleston, West Virginia. I mean, there's, there's more people in this room than there are teeth. And I, I mean, it's just a bunch of flannel shirts and, and people that bought their clothes at Walmart. I mean, really, what am I doing with my life? I'm here in Charleston. He must have been depressed. He's like, oh God, people are taking pictures. I should be a big star. So I'm going to act like a big star. That's the ticket. What a tool. So Harry Connick Jr., you are the tool of the week. Congratulations. Should your 911 calls, should 911 calls be subject uh, to the public? Should the public be able to hear 911 calls? Well, uh, Linda Casey is one of those people that says no. Linda Casey, uh, a couple of years ago, she found her daughter beaten to death in the driveway of her North Carolina home. Later that day, she heard the 911 recording on the local news and she said she vomited. Quote, this was not only the most painful thing I have ever been through, I should have been... It should have been the most private. Because of situations like Casey's, lawmakers in Alabama, Ohio, and Wisconsin are deciding whether to bar the public release of 911 calls. Missouri, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Wyoming already keep such recordings private, but generally most states consider emergency calls public records available upon request, with exceptions sometimes made for privacy reasons of a um, or to protect a police investigation quote nationally there is a growing concern about the release of audio tapes that don't involve newsworthy people or events just things that people like to hear because of their uh, sensational nature says Sonny Brassfield who is the executive director of the Association of County Commissioners of Alabama which drafted legislation in the state to bar the release of 911 recordings. Quote, there is a concern nationally that these kinds of things are having a chilling effect on people's willingness to call 911. Open government advocates disagree and say that, uh, that prohibiting the release of the recordings takes away a valuable tool that has exposed botched calls. Now, see, there, there's the argument. We, uh, did we ever play... I think we did a couple of years ago. We played the call of the uh, the nine one one call where the disp where the where the operator falls asleep while this woman is describing someone in her house. There's somebody in my house right now. He's 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 down there. He's down there. He's trying to he's trying to get in here. He's trying to, he's banging on my door. He's been broken down. He's he's downstairs. He's like pillaging through my stuff. Yeah yeah yeah. Go ahead. And and, and he's and he's he, I, oh my I think I think he's coming up the stairs. He's coming up the stairs. I'm gonna hide in the closet. You better send somebody over here really quickly. I mean, really, he's gonna be here any Are you hello? Are you there? Hey, are you calling nine one one in there? I gotta throw an iPhone at you. Hurry up! Oh my God, this Harry Connick Jr. is gonna hit me with an iPhone. He's gonna beat me with an iPhone. Uh, uh, what? Uh, 
iPhone. Are you calling me on, on your iPhone, dude? You better open this door. Uh, so we've we've played those. Those are some chilling calls. Very very chilling calls. All right. I think that nine one one calls. It really is a matter of public record. These are nine one one, a service, of course, paid for by the taxpayers. Uh, I do understand that it's people in their private moments. I do understand there are situations where you certainly don't want that put out, and maybe it, 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 I, I I don't know why it would prohibit people from people from calling, but they do hear their other people's calls. I don't think you're thinking about what somebody else's call sounds like when you're calling nine one one. Typically, I don't think so. Um, I don't think if somebody's breaking into your house and you call nine one one, I don't think you're going to sit there and go. Boy, I sure hope I don't sound like a douche when I'm on the, on the news tonight. I think you're thinking, boy, I sure hope the police get here before the guy shanks me in the jugular. Typically, that's what you're thinking. At least I would hope. You're probably not going, boy, I, I, did I sound good on that call? Was I authentic? You know, I think I said too many oh gods or, or you know, please help. I, I think I sounded too vulnerable. You know, I need to, I need to sound stronger. I don't think that goes on, but maybe. So uh, that's kind of the debate that's going on right now. Uh, several states already have laws about uh, 911 tapes. But, you know, I think it's important, too. And again, yes, it does show bad operators. It's important for the public to see how uh, how timely police investigations are done. Um, I think it's, I don't know, I, I see it as, besides, if you take away our 911 calls, we're not going to be able to play uh, stuff where uh, a guy lives on on a street and he can't spell the name of it, so he says, I'll, I'll take them over to Oak Street so you can pick them up. Do we have that call? i to play that. I, I I don't know. I generally don't. I, 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 I must admit, I usually don't listen to 911 calls when they're on the radio. I, I just get, I get kind of cringe and I generally don't listen, especially when I know someone's going to get killed on the call. I, I, I really don't. Like, we have we actually have nine one one audio. This is just a brief uh, disclaimer. This is going to be tough to listen to. You actually hear a woman get stabbed thirty six times on this call. Usually, I turn down the volume. I don't have that perverse sense of wanting to hear it, but at the same time, I'm not going to deny somebody else that wants to hear it for whatever reason that may be. I know some people say it's too much media, it's too much exposure, it's too much sensationalism. Why would people really need to hear that? Well. Why not? All right, and then we have this. And this is, this has got to be, um, well, this is up there in dumbass. The dumbass award uh, for the week. It's, I've always said on this show, it's tough to get hit by a train. It's really hard to get hit by a train. You actually have to be trying to get hit by, or you have to be incredibly stupid we're trying very hard to, uh, you must have a, a suicide wish to get hit by a train because nobody accidentally gets hit by a train. How does that happen? Okay. I understand maybe, uh, you know, if a train derails, it flies off the tracks, you could get hit by it. You know, okay. Maybe I get that. Or somebody ties you to the railroad tracks circa 19, uh, 1877. You know, something like that. I could see that happening. A 310 Hume is coming through here and you're going to be a part of it. But uh, on the other hand, I, I just don't get how somebody can get hit by, hit by a train. 
but this guy, 57-year-old Costa Mesa man, what's this guy's name? Uber dumbass. This guy got hit by a train not once, but twice. 57-year-old Costa Mesa man who had his hand severed by a Metrolink train two weeks ago was apparently hit by the same train again Tuesday morning, police said. His injuries are not believed to be life-threatening, unfortunately. Around 7.30 a.m., police and firefighters went to the Irvine Transportation Center after receiving a report of a man who had fallen onto the tracks. Paramedics treated injuries to the man's left arm and right hand. His left hand was severed two weeks ago in another incident. The man who has not been identified publicly because really... I mean, he would probably just be laughed at by the public forever. Uh, said that he had fallen from the passenger platform and been run over by the train. He told authorities the same thing two weeks ago. As of noon, Irvine police were still at the uh, Irvine Transportation Center and at the hospital with the man, said Sergeant Mike Myers <laughs> of the Irvine police. Yeah, baby. Uh, in the earlier incident on February 8th at 7.20 a.m., the man apparently fell onto the tracks at the Laguna Neg uh, Luna Nagal station. He was dragged 87 feet by the northbound Metrolink train. The train cut off his left hand at the wrist. The incident uh, was investigated as an accident, said Lieutenant Andy Ferguson, at the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Quote, we talked to a relative who thought it was an accident. In the February 8th incident, the man apparently fell onto the tracks around 7.20 a.m. while the train was still in the station and was then dragged as it left. In Tuesday's incident, the man had been on the passenger departure platform for the northbound Metrolink train, which was stopped. Police are investigating how... Um, he ended up on the tracks. Probably because he's insanely stupid. I mean, insanely stupid. How do you get hit by a train? Only somebody of, of incredibly low IQ gets hit by a train. Every story I've ever done about somebody that got hit by a train, they are somebody that deserved it. Remember we did the woman that got hit by the train? I, I caught a lot of crap for this too. There was a woman that got hit by a train because she was texting. She was walking along the side of the tracks and she was texting and this train came along and hit her. Now, what the, the, the twist to that story was she was deaf. And so people got on my case and said, you know that woman was deaf, right? And I said, yeah, I read that in the, uh, <clears throat> I read that in the report. So my, my point was, if you're deaf, and you're walking along by train, by uh, railroad tracks, and you're texting, you're an idiot! I mean, really, you have to be, uh, how negligent are you? If you already have one of your senses lost, you can't hear, then shouldn't you be paying attention to where you're going? I mean, I realize that's kind of a foreign concept for a lot of people to actually pay attention to where they're going. God knows that sighted people don't do that when they drive. You see people reading books, eating McDonald's, texting, using their laptops. I've seen that. I saw a guy, and I, I tell this story all the time because this was the most unbelievable thing I saw. 
<clears throat> I saw a guy once. We were uh, we were driving somewhere. It was uh, my friend John and I. We were going someplace, and this guy pulls up along, or we pull up along the rights uh, right side. So I'm looking right into the driver's seat. This guy is sitting back like this. He's got his feet up on the dashboard like this, like, you know, on either side of the steering wheel, and he's reading the paper. Hands are nowhere near the wheel. Feet are kind of by the wheel. And he's, you know, kind of, you know, leaning way back in the seat. I I looked over. I said, John, is, is, that, is that what I think it is? He said, yeah, dude, the guy is reading the paper while he's driving. Uh, we're going to avoid this guy. I mean, that is outrageous. So when, and I remember that woman that was texting while she was walking by the tracks and then she got hit and she got killed. And I was called very insensitive because I said, well, there, uh, that's, that's called, um, I can't even remember what I said exactly. I, I probably said something like, uh, that's Darwin right there. I believe that's what I said. And I caught some crap for that. I somebody uh, <clears throat> somebody called my uh, my toll free number. That was like the it was shortly after I had put the toll free number in. It was like two days after I put the toll free number in, and this woman called my toll free number, and she I have never heard such vitriol. She says that she was one of the friends of this woman. She said, "Do you have any idea?" What you're saying, do you know that this woman is deaf? I said, you know what, ma'am? I'm legally blind. And I, I'll tell you what, uh, the last thing I'm going to do, number one, I would never walk right next to train tracks. Well, you don't know the circumstances surrounding that. Well, you know what? I don't. But guess what? I wouldn't walk so close to the train tracks that if I even veered one step, I'm going to get hit. I mean, how dumb is that? Number two, even if you're deaf, that doesn't mean you just all of a sudden have a built-in excuse if something bad happens to you. Well, you know, I'm deaf, so I'm going to just do something really dangerous. And then if something happens, I can, if I'm still alive, I'll just, uh, you know, sue. That's what I'll do. <clears throat> if I remember right, the family of that of the victim in that case, they, they wound up trying to sue. You know, that kind of stuff happens. But I, I don't know, even if you're deaf, I don't know how you get hit by a train. The damn thing rumbles as it's coming along. The, we're talking about something that weighs, what, uh, thousands of tons? You're talking about something that's moving 60 miles an hour and weighs thousands of tons. It's going to make the ground rumble. People go, well, you know, trains are not as loud as they used to be, Mike. You know, you, you, that's true. But they vibrate the crap out of the ground. And they're still loud. You can still hear them coming for a mile. Even the quieter trains still make noise. Yeah, the light rail doesn't make that much noise. But that's the light rail. This was a train. This was a, you know, a, one of those big freight trains. We're talking about a, a train that's, again, 5,000 tons, probably more, rolling along, bumping along at 60 miles an hour. How dare you? How how dare you call someone that gets hit by a train stupid? Well, you know what? I'm calling somebody that got hit by a train stupid. You're stupid if you get hit by a train. That's the official mark of knowing that you're just not smart enough to be on this planet. And you get hit by a train twice. I don't even know what that says. You probably want to kill yourself or you need attention. You need help. It's a psychological problem. Or you're so stupid that really... 
you're not even doing it right. You, you, you can't even die properly or something. I don't know what it says. It makes me upset. I'll tell you that. It gets me fired up. I can't believe this. And I called this one in what has to be a record. So, you know, last week uh, we had Joe Stack who uh, he went nuts. He was, uh, his life was, uh, well, his life was even more screwed up than mine. And, 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 uh, everybody, it was, it was, he had a screwed up life. All right. This guy was, uh, was not happy. And so, uh, he was having problems with the IRS and the government and everybody was out to get him. And so, uh, and he, he was having troubles with his wife. So what he did was he burned down his house. Then he got in his private plane. He took off and he slammed it right into an IRS building. He put extra gas in his plane so that it would burn even more. And he slammed right into an IRS building. Well, it took one week and already we have a lawsuit. The widow of the IRS employee killed after Joe Stack crashed his plane into the agency's Austin office is um, <clears throat> suing the pilot's widow. She's suing the wife of this nutcase. Attorney Daniel Ross, who I'm sure was the first guy on the scene, he got there before the firefighters. Attorney Daniel Ross says the lawsuit against uh, Cheryl Stack seeks to determine if the pilot left behind insurance policies or other assets. Oh, boy. Ross represents Valerie Hunter, whose 68-year-old husband, Vernon Hunter, was killed last week when authorities say that Joseph Stack deliberately crashed his single-engine plane into the IRS office. Joseph Stack left behind a lengthy anti-government rant, blah, blah, blah. The lawsuit filed Monday. Okay, this was filed on Monday. That incident happened, what was it, last Wednesday or Thursday? It was last Thursday. It was the 20, it was the 18th. The incident happened on Thursday. Think about this. The incident happened on Thursday and on Monday, the papers were filed. And you know, somebody had to drop those papers. That means probably literally about 10 minutes after this thing happened, somebody was, an attorney was writing up these papers. All right. He probably has a template. He probably has like, <laughs> he probably has like, uh, you know, there's TurboTax. He probably has Turbo Sue. You know what? He just has a template. It says, uh, uh, what, you know, like there's like a, a scroll down menu. What type of accident occurred? Car crash, train derailment. There's probably like a whole list. Skylab falling. <laughs> well, it's probably, it's, it's old software. Yeah. Probably just plugged in anti-government nut slams plane into building. Anyway, the lawsuit filed Monday says that Cheryl Stack should have warned others about her husband. A message-seeking comment was left Thursday with a family spokesman for Cheryl Stack. Now, I'm going to say this, and I, I want to—I I don't want to come across as being too insensitive. God knows that if I ever got that label, that would just crush me. But I, I don't want to come across as too insensitive here. But I have to say that, really, this is a guy that nobody really knew how nuts he was. He had a lot of problems. I'm sure there were probably some warning signs. I'm sure that a, a person that bothered to look into the twisted mind that this guy had would have probably seen that he was a nutcase. But I don't think, based on the accounts of everybody that knew him, everybody that's come forward and said they knew the guy and this was, 
this was way out of left field. This wasn't just like one of those things where people go, well, I knew he was upset, but I never thought he'd go like this. People didn't even know he was upset. They didn't even know he had problems. This guy just had, he had obviously a repressive uh, emotional disorder where he just kept it all bottled up. And then he just said, you know what? That's it. He snapped. He went ape crap. And he, uh, you know, he just decided, uh, that's it. I'm done. The night before, the night before he did this, his wife did get up and leave. She took the kids and she got the hell out of there. And she said, okay, you're nuts. You've lost it. But that doesn't mean she's obligated to call the police and go, well, uh, you know, I just had a fight with my husband. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I had a fight with my husband. And I think, I think based on this fight, he's going to fly a plane into the IRS building. Yeah, sure. Um, well, she should have given warning. And what if she did? What if she tried to give a warning? What if she tried to say, you know what? I think my husband's nuts. What are the police going to go? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. You, you know, your husband's nuts. Yeah, okay, ma'am. All right. They probably get that call 50 times a day. Police get all kinds of calls. They're probably too busy screening out women that, that got the wrong burger at, at Wendy's. I mean, that's that's what goes on now. So it took, it actually took only four days well, three full days for a lawsuit to get filed. That's got to be a record, right? Anti, I mean, even after September 11th, lawsuits weren't even filed that quickly. It took at least a couple of weeks, a few weeks for lawsuits to get filed after September 11th. And we're talking about a terrorist attack. We're talking about, you know, a big situation. This was a, an anti-government nut that just went ape crap. And uh, right away, right away, somebody saw the dollar signs. Now, I know that's going to sound insensitive because... It makes me sound like I'm dismissing the loss of this of this wife's, uh, you know, soulmate or whatever. I'm not. I know it, it must be a traumatic thing. And I'm, I'm sure that the woman's going through a lot of pain and she doesn't exactly know how to deal with it. And I know one of the one of the things is that somebody needs to be responsible in this case. Somebody obviously there's somebody that's at fault. And, and you're right. There is somebody at fault. Unfortunately, that guy is now a piece of toast. He got burned up upon impact. And um, I know our justice system is wacky. Gloria Allred is certainly a very good representation of that. But unfortunately, you can't sue a piece of toast. You know, you just, you can't sue a burned up pile of ashes and, and, a, and a few uh, stray pieces of flesh or whatever flew out of there of the fuselage. You know, I'm sorry. Other people are not responsible for the actions of their husbands, okay? You know, the, the spouse is not ultimately responsible for the action of her husband. She's just not. She's not responsible. You know, I, I wish I had better news for you. Um, I don't know who you would really be able to sue. Well, I'm going to go after her insurance. You know, that's great. I'm sure this woman is already suffering enough. And it's not to dismiss your suffering. It's not to dismiss your pain or the pain of others. A lot of people are, are suffering and a lot of people are upset as a result of what happened here. It's a bad situation. But guess what? This woman, this Cheryl uh, Stack, you know what she has to deal with? She has to deal with the fact that her husband went totally off the friggin' mark and just flew a plane into a building. 
she has to deal with that and she has to deal with the fact that people are looking at her as maybe the cause of it. People like you that are doing that or that say that they that she should have warned people. She should have known because she's named in the uh, ranting letter. I'm sure that she's um, got a lot of problems now as a result. Probably somebody's putting her on suicide watch. I don't know. Maybe. You know, I, I listen, I, again, I'm not dismissing the loss of your husband, ma'am. I'm not. You know, it was a it was a terrible act by a really despicable human being. And I don't want to dismiss that at all. But unfortunately, you can't sue him. Sorry. So it took uh, about four days, three days. Well, that's that's our American judicial system. Uh, do we need tort reform or what? All right, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. Over two hours on the podcast today. Two hours and 20-some minutes. Wow. Uh, we've got problems. Uh, I'm I'm going to do my best to go back and, and edit this down and post a little bit and maybe try and uh, clean this thing up a little bit. But this is a uh, long show today. Well, we had a lot. And you know what's, what's scary is I have more. I had some music news I wanted to get to. For example, just, just a couple of the little tidbits of music news that I have. Uh, Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie are going out on tour together. It's the Irrelevant Musicians Need a Lot of Money Tour. You know, I like Alice Cooper a lot. He uh, he lives in the Phoenix area. I guess he's really about the nicest guy ever. I saw him at the, at the theater once by my house. He doesn't live uh, too terribly far, actually. Um, he's, he's a hell of a nice guy. And uh, I, I don't know if he still has his radio show, that, uh, that voice track show that he does, um, Nights with Alice or whatever, but... I don't know. I, I, I like the guy and everything and his music. Uh, he has he has some good good stuff. I mean, well, he did, you know, 30 years ago. But I don't know if I'd go and see him. I maybe. Yeah, this is a cool tune. This song kicks ass. And then he's on tour with Rob Zombie. Now, I'm not a fan. I must admit, I I don't find Rob Zombie to be talented. I don't find him to be um, good. <laughs> I don't even know how to, how to put it. I, I 
Everybody complains about Nickelback and, and how cookie cutter that music is. Every Rob Zombie song is pretty much the same. He drops the F word in about 72 times. And every song he's screaming over overdriven guitar. And sometimes bad synthesizers. Like, I don't get it. And his songs are all usually about... You know, they have sexual overtones, typically. And they're dark kind of songs. They're not really elaborate or... Hey, not everybody can be Michael Buble, okay? <laughs> and somebody's going to send me an email and say, well, Mike, this is actually White Zombie. You know, this is... Yeah, I get it. Not a fan. The Gruesome Twosome Tour. Then we got more news. Uh, Pearl Jam is going to be the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. Now, I think that would have been great in 1992. In fact, I, I was just looking it up. Uh, on In April of 1992, Pearl Jam was the musical guest. That's when they were relevant. That's the time to have Pearl Jam as the musical guest. Then again, 1992 would be the last time Saturday Night Live was good, too. So I guess it, they could have a reunion. All they have to do is get... Uh, they'll, they'll get Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, Chris Far... Oh, wait. No. I guess not so much with the Chris Farley. But David Spade? Kevin Nealon, Dennis Miller? Let me guess, Pearl Jam's going to do a new song. Great. Because that's what everybody's clamoring for. New Pearl Jam. No, play this song. Or Better Man. Or Daughter or Even Flow. Or Alive. Or Jeremy. Those are the only songs that people care about from you. I like this song about the best, actually. Now the year I tasted and Pearl Jam was big for about four or five years. They had a great run from the early 90s to about 96, 97-ish. They were one of the biggest acts going in, in music. Problem was, is then everybody started, a lot of these uh, other rock bands started sounding exactly like Pearl Jam, and that pretty much ruined them. That was, that was it. And I know you're going to say, well, Mike, they've put out a bunch of albums uh, since then. Well, you know what? Great. Hell, I put out an album. Just because you put out an album, that doesn't mean anything. How many songs there's got on the chart? That's what that's what people want to know. Plus, Eddie Vedder became all douchey. 
He got that self-important sort of uh, attitude, and and then he's another guy that got all anti-government and not not even anti-government in a good way, but you know. Well, you know, the Republicans are destroying everything, dude. You know, and America sucks, but we live here. We got to play that interview. They're talented, though. I think you could do a little bit better with a uh, with a contemporary act than uh... yeah. Was L.A. Guns not available? <laughs> hey, you could add Lady Gaga come up there. There you go. Anytime I get to work bad romance into the show, that's yeah. You could try that. That's it. I think we can leave now. All right. Well. That'll about do it. Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. EFNet IRC, the channel net radio. You have any comments about anything you've heard? Um, you might want to reference what day I said it because this show has gone about, what, uh, four or five days now? We actually, I think we've done it. This is, uh, un unless I edit it down, but this, in real time, this is the longest podcast I've ever done. It really is. This is a stiflingly long show, and mercifully, I'm, I'm leaving. Only to do it all over again tomorrow. More information about the show available at michaelgraff.com. You can send us a PayPal donation, a most generous donation. That would be super awesome and badass of you. I would mention you on the air. I would, uh, I would, uh, I don't know. I might uh, say sexual things about you if you like. I would talk about how well endowed you are if you're a guy or a woman. I would say you might have a bigger one than Lady Gaga. You know what I mean. And you know, it's this is gonna sound terrible, but my my this this show, this has caused my back to get worse. I I don't know what I did. A few days ago I tweaked my neck and my upper back on my left side. I could use a massage really uh, like a lot from from uh, some chick. And I mean, somebody that actually knows how to give a massage. I, this, I'm not, I'm not uh, intimating that I want sex. I, I actually would like a, mas a massage, like a real legitimate massage. I mean, a happy ending would be fine, but I would like a real legit massage. And not from a dude. I'm sorry. Back tomorrow, another edition of uh, Michael Groff in exile rolls your way. Why am I in exile? I don't know. I can't figure it out. We didn't even get into Obamacare or any of that stuff. Well, we'll have plenty of time tomorrow after the six-hour summit. Have a great night. See you tomorrow.